Hello and welcome to the Between Soul and Spirit podcast. My name is Jake Allen and my lovely and talented co-host is Robin Murray. Hello. And today we're sitting down with Gavin Carrier. He is a pastor in the Woodlands, Texas, and he does a counseling ministry here. Uh, yes, Gavin is the counseling pastor at a church up in this Woodlands area, North Houston area. And he has brought some very cool ministries into the area. I mean, these are real game changers uh, for churches. I, I can even see church culture changing a bit because hmm. of the ministries that are coming in. Um, one of them is called Reengage, and it's specifically for marriages. And the other one is called Regen, and both of them come out of a, a great church up in Dallas called Watermark. So I'm looking forward to interviewing and talking to Gavin. Yeah, let's get it started. Tell us a little bit about how you got to Texas in the first place. Well, I'm originally from upstate New York, uh, lived my whole life uh, up there, went to Syracuse University uh, while I was there. I got involved in Young Life Ministries. A lot of people are familiar with that. It's all over the United States. And while I was there, uh-oh, phone call. <laughs> <laughs> We're already taking callers? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not live. <laughs> we have a caller on the line for Gavin. Uh who would like to challenge Advice them. giver. Advice giver. Yes. Tell me why advice with Gavin. You That'll be next. <laughs> Live with Gavin giving advice. <laughs> well, so uh, we were, I was in New York and uh, was involved with Young Life Files at Syracuse University. That's where I met my wife, who was a Texan. And uh, we met at a summer camp at Young Life. I was bringing kids down there. She was a lifeguard and kept a long distance relationship and ended up um, becoming more than just friendship. And uh, then, yeah, I went down to <laughs> Dallas Seminary uh, and went to school there because I wanted to become a pastor and um, got closer to Andrea that way as well. And we got married in Dallas, finished my seminary degree, was a pastor in New York for a little while. And then we moved down here in 2009. I've been a pastor at Faith Bible Church. I was first uh, a pastor of adult ministries for, gosh, about seven years. And then uh, the last, I'd say about a year and a half or so, been a pastor over care and counseling. So you said that your title changed uh, a few years back and uh, that the church seemed to be really pushing towards counseling and seeing a need for that. Is that right? Yeah, that was uh, what was going on at the time. We had um, a counselor and I guess I was a half of a counselor. So we had like (laughs) a counselor and a half on staff (laughs) and um, we were just not keeping up. Uh, there were so many, they would, they would say that 80% of all counseling is marital related hmm. um, in kind of any kind of counseling, wherever you go. That makes sense. Yeah. And we were seeing that that was definitely the case. And um, every time we added an hour to counseling staff, it would fill up. And there was, uh, we realized, we felt like there was so much more that was happening. And we felt like maybe we were trying to move an entire mountain of marriage troubles one pebble at a time. And hmm. it just didn't seem to be like we were doing enough. Mm. Hmm. So then you heard about and looked into this new program called Reengage, and you have since brought that to Faith Bible Church. Could you tell us a little bit about that program, Reengage? What what made you want to look into that particular program? Yeah, and so like I was saying, that there were so many marital needs that seemed like we needed a bigger response to this. Um, so many people were struggling in their marriage. So many, and we were hearing about this. And so, so much of what happens, and this is some of where uh, Reengage the Marriage Ministry comes from, it comes from a church called Watermark in Dallas. And so much of their philosophy is really our story as well. 
So it's a strange thing that happens with churches is that people come in and they have these marital struggles and they come to their pastors and they say, hey, we could really use some help. We're having a hard time loving one another. We're having a hard time. There's so much pain in our relationship. Can you help us? What does the Bible have to say about that? And typically what happens in so many churches is that the pastors and them will say, well, we really, really don't do much with that, but we have these great counselors uh, hmm. that we would like to refer you to. And the pastor at Watermark in Dallas, Todd Wagner, said it this way. He said, um, that became an embarrassing answer. because hmm. So these people are coming to us with brokenness and hurting relationships. And yeah. we're saying that God and Jesus and the Bible and the church don't know anything about love mm-hmm. and relationships <laughs> right, right. and brokenness. And so they decided uh, to become at that point, not only that they should know about it, but they might be able to know more about it than anybody else, any other institution on the planet, Mm. that they would know about what love looks like, what forgiveness looks like, what brokenness looks like and how to heal from that. And so they decided they needed to become both the university, the healthcare clinic and the Mm. hospital for broken relationships. Mm. And they wanted to become that. And I, I heard that vision and immediately thought about that same thing for our church, that in our community, how many broken relationships I was encountering and how individual counseling was was only barely scratching the surface. And we wanted a major response to this. So reengage was a way to kind of tackle it in a wider scope. Hmm. And it sounds like it was marriages that was bringing people to the pastors and to the churches and asking these questions. But really, it was even deeper than that. It was more at an individual level. Um, I know that that there's an emphasis in these in these programs. It's really more of a discipleship program. It's not just about relationships. It's about beginning with that relationship between the individual and God. Is that and and also you know I, I introduced that to also ask you to introduce regeneration and tell us a little bit about that program as well, which is a more individual process or journey that someone goes through. Yeah. So that becomes about like kind of the question of healing and how people heal. So let's start with re-engage and talk about marriage relationships. How, how do they heal? Right. So if you take a husband and a wife, um, so the one who is hurting you is, is, is the one who is supposed to be the most, the closest person mm-hmm. to you. I call mm-hmm. it um, uh, breaking, well, mistrust in a sanctuary of trust. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to have a sanctuary of trust in your marriage, but then that's where the hurt is coming from, yeah. which is why that pain is kind of even deeper. So what, why is Christ then relevant? Well, you have to look outside of that relationship uh, to look for the hope to kind of keep coming back, to to keep working toward forgiveness. Uh, because a lot of times in marriage, there's not this, if we're waiting for the spouse to change before we forgive, mm. if we're waiting for the spouse to be trustworthy before we move toward them, it becomes a cat, cat and mouse game of who's going to move first, who's oh, going to wow. change first. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, you know, you're, you're playing chicken. Mm-hmm. Are you going to change first? If you change, then mm-hmm. I can change. And then if I change, then you'll change. But then who goes first? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so you're at this stalemate, and that's where God comes in. Mm-hmm. He stands outside of our relationship. And what he does is he gives us all the love and the understanding that we aren't getting within the relationship because mm-hmm. we were meant for him first. And then by our interaction with him, that gives us the strength. We only can forgive other people if we understand how much we've been forgiven. We can only begin to initiate with other people when we know that God has initiated with us. 
and then to have the resources to do the things we ought to despite the pain, to do the things we ought to, even though it feels unsafe. Mm. Well, how can we be guaranteed that we're going to be safe when we move toward a spouse that has hurt us? Well, that's where God comes in. And he gives us that strength and that safety. And that's the the security we get from our relationship with him helps us be secure in the face of an insecure relationship. Mm. What are some of the subjects that, that they discuss in Reengage, just kind of specifically so people can get an idea of what's talked about? Yeah, well, we talk, I mean, right from the beginning about how uh, we need help from the outside, from our relationship with God. But it gets into very practical topics, too, like uh, what is what is forgiveness? Like what actually is it and how does it work? What does forgiveness look like in action? What does communication look like um, in terms of bad communication and good con- communication? Uh, one of the, my favorite chapters is on uh, conflict. You know, is, is conflict a bad thing? Is it a good thing? What does healthy conflict look like? What is healthy resolution? And we even want to get into all aspects of the relationship, even with sexual intimacy and uh, lots of other things like that. Mm-hmm. So what it, it, it seems like for some reason that this program works well because it, it incorporates community. Uh, it, I mean, that, that seems to be an element that people need. I mean, it doesn't seem to be, it, I believe we're created for that. So what does a typical night look like? What what happens if someone shows up for re-engage? What's going to happen? Right. So, yeah, we believe re-engage, you know, what's the secret sauce, so to speak? Mm-hmm. Uh, the secret sauce on a re-engage night, which we do that every Wednesday at our church, um, is the combination of the scripture, of the presence of the Spirit of God, and then, as you pointed out, community. We do this in community. And this was a, uh, the part of re-engage that really surprised me. Um, It was really kind of amazing. So, you know, I do a lot of individual counseling. But when I saw re-engage, I noticed that there was something different. And that piece that was different was community. So on a given re-engage night, what happens is you're going to walk in. We lead off with worship. But then we have a couple, one of our leader couples, who is on stage and they're sharing their story. And they're going first, so to speak. Mm. And uh, it's an amazing thing to watch. But our leaders, we've really worked with them on being authentic. And, you know, church, authentic, that's like an old word. <laughs> uh, we're going to be authentic. Yeah. And sometimes with church, the last place that is authentic is at church. That's the sure. place yeah. where we hide, we cover up, we try to look our best, mm. uh, even down to our clothes. Mm-hmm. But at Reengage, we really have encouraged our leaders to stop that mindset. Um, we do testimonies, but our testimonies don't end with a bow at the end of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Hey, I was broken, and then Jesus healed me, and we're better now, and have never struggled <laughs> ever since. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't really work like that. If that's true, we'll say that. But a lot of times, what happens is there's an ongoing process to it. There is healing in Christ, but there's more healing to come, mm-hmm. and the healing is ongoing. And so our couples share raw from the stage. I mean, they're talking about sexual difficulties. They're talking openly about their emotional fights that they've had that that even comes to a level of embarrassment on their own behavior. Mm-hmm. But we're telling the story because that's what happens. That's true. And so when we set that speed, then when the couples leave and go off into different groups and smaller groups of community, we have now made it okay to mm-hmm. share the more real things, the more painful things, the more true things that are happening. And from an individual counseling standpoint, 
I've always found it to be a strange thing. When you're just sitting with the counselor, the couple comes in and they're kind of all hurting and messed up. And they say to themselves, well, clearly we're messed up, but this counselor clearly isn't. <laughs> right? They're healthy and we're sick. And they've got mm-hmm. it together. And they've got it together. Their marriage must be perfect. They read counseling books every night together and practice. You know, <laughs> it, it's just... That's not the case. And no matter how many times I've tried as a counselor to say, hey, I'm, I'm like you, you can share, go ahead. I still feel like there's a barrier there and there's something in isolation, mm. right? And so mm. what's missing, the mission, missing quotient with individual counseling that you get in this more community model of re-engage, in individual counseling, you are still isolated and you are still hidden. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you don't get to hear other couples around you to where you're like, wow, There are more people like me because you come into that counseling office and your problems are unique and you're all alone and it's never been this bad and it couldn't get worse. Mm. But when you go to re-engage, you're in a bunch of couples and you're starting to realize how common your issues are. And actually, you're starting to realize that some are worse. And if that couple that is is, is even in a darker place is still here fighting, then Mm. we can get through today Mm -hmm. and we can keep fighting. Wow. And maybe we're not even as bad as we thought we were. <laughs> right, right, right. Of course, for us, just having done a, a film about PTSD and uh, the organizations that work with those who are struggling with that, it just yep. leaps to mind immediately because mm-hmm. what they found is in in these groups of soldiers and first responders and anyone who is suffering from PTSD, they need their peers. They need people who are struggling just like them around them. And that's just so that's interesting that, yeah. that there's really kind of this revolution happening of healing through, uh, of course, having leadership, but, but having a group around you that is struggling with the same junk that you are, man, that's what a picture of the body of Christ. Like, absolutely. I, um, I went to a conference, you know, back in Dallas and I, I was at that conference. I really wasn't involved in the in the reengage ministry at the time, and so I was kind of just asking God, "What am I doing at this conference? Well, you know, God, what is it you want me to get out of this?" And um, and so by the end of it, though, I kind of had this idea, this vision, and and you can, Gavin, you can just tell me if that's where this is going or not. But um, that you know, in churches, there are all these people, and if you want to liken it to a war zone, you know, there's all these married people. And, you know, they've been fighting and they're, they're, you know, the analogy would be that they're sort of bleeding out, you know, they're laying all around there just bleeding out. And but um, but they're standing in these long lines waiting for a specialist. And Hmm. so, you know, we don't really know what they're how deep their injuries are. All we know is they're bleeding out right now. And uh, so if you're standing in line waiting for a specialist and the line's going to take a long, long, long time, you know, whether or not the injuries are deep or shallow, they're going to die. Uh, so it, it, it feels to me a bit like um, with this ministry, we're sort of training field medics. These are not the, the group leaders are not counselors that have been, you know, gone to college and, and all of that, but but they're being trained to deal with this specific issues that often bring people to, not blows, but, you know, to conflict in their marriages. And so um, with these field medics, you know, you can patch it up, you can, and that may be all it needs. Um, but uh, let's say that that's, you patch it up and you do what the field medic can do or the group counselor and 
all there and re-engage. And um, but what if the what if things are a little deeper than that? What if the individual has maybe developed a really bad coping mechanism and there's addiction involved or or some kind of really hurting past? Um, what then? Yeah, that's a, a good question. And, you know, some of it has to do with the appropriateness of, of care, right? So we have all these experts running around, the, the trained counselors, and uh, I don't have a license per se, but I, I have a certificate. I've done some counseling training. I do individual counseling, and I oversee mm-hmm. three licensed counselors on our staff. Yeah. Um, what those licensed counselors would say, because they've been part of helping me, you know, launch, re-engage, and encourage it, um, they would say that um, there is no secret sauce that they know that we don't. They're not like the gurus. Mm-hmm. So if you talk to anybody, especially those that are struggling with marriage, there's a good chance they've already been to one, two, three, five hmm. marriage counselors. Yeah. So whatever the expertise and training is, it's not like a surgeon who knows how to do the surgery and no one else does. And if you just go to the right surgeon, you'll get it. Yeah. Um, it seems to be that there's something else going on here. And so I would say it's almost like when you do like addiction counseling. Mm-hmm. So an individual, you usually don't do individualistic addiction counseling. Usually you send them to a group therapy, you go to mm-hmm. AA or you go to, and there's something mm-hmm. about that community itself because mm-hmm. there's so much indirect learning that goes on, mm-hmm. right? When mm-hmm. you're in your hard places and the hard parts of your heart, and you don't want to hear certain things usually don't respond real well to direct comments about your behavior. Mm. But if you're hearing a story of somebody else that sounds a lot like you, and you're making those connections and you're hearing about that, and you hear another couple talking and you can see the impact, you're, you're listening to another husband, and it's easy for you to say, hey, man, he's being a real jerk to his wife mm. right now. Mm-hmm. And then you see her tears. All of a sudden you can think, how do I do that? <laughs> yeah. Is that me? And and it's right. sort of an indirect way to make the same point. But when you're sitting there isolated and someone's poking at you and they're saying something directly mm-hmm. to you, be it a counselor, be it your spouse, yourself, it's easy to be defensive. Yep. But this type of environment, you hear a lot more truth by hearing it from other couples and kind of looking from the outside, looking in and different couples experiences. And so that's why that, again, that that community thing. And the leaders of our groups are, you know, they aren't experts. And that maybe makes them a little more approachable. Mm. And they're sharing from their experience. And and in our church, and something we're working on is that they're sharing more and more from Scripture. Because who is the expert? Who knows life and relationships and love and how people are to, to love? That would be, for me, uh, Jesus Christ. That would be the Lord. He knows how we were designed, and his scripture is full of wisdom. And so we actually don't want our leaders giving a lot of advice that isn't somehow attached to scripture, um, because scripture is truth. Mm-hmm. And we want them to hear that truth. And so uh, if they're talking at all, they're talking about their experiences and then how the scripture applies to it. That's a big part of what we do. Mm. Well, it sounds like this is, I mean, this, of course, is a ministry within the church, but it sounds like it's really impacting the church as a whole. I mean, it's almost changing the entire culture of the church. Is that what you guys are seeing? We're kind of hoping for that, right? So I'm um, not sure which church you guys, you know, grew up in, but I know for me, you know, even from a young kid, just from a, a getting dressed to go to church kind of standpoint, get in your Sunday best. Mm. And, you know, 
Church is almost like social media right now. Let's put the best <laughs> image of ourselves out there. It was Instagram before Instagram. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> church, the original Instagram. I like yeah, that, you know? And yeah. so we, you know, we're putting the best version of ourselves out there. And that's not real helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, what the scripture would say to us is bear one another's burden, so fulfill the law of Christ. Confess to one another. Um, encourage one another daily so you wouldn't be hardened by sin and its deceitfulness. Um, these kind of mindset precludes that there's sharing going on, that there's not hiding happening, that there's not um, there's a confessional element to how we talk. We we tell, for lack of a better word, almost embarrassing details about our struggles so that we can get help. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody knows that if you go to see a doctor and you don't tell him what's really going on, it's going to be really hard <laughs> for him to treat you. Mm-hmm. And it's just funny that your whole world is burning down, but you want to pretend that it's okay. You don't want people to find out that you're such a mess. And it's like, your whole world is burning down. You need help. Like, absolutely. Stop pretending. <laughs> right. And and hiding and pretending is is the disease that is common to all. And it almost is worse in church. There's read an article one time that talked about we're never more tempted to masquerade or to lie or pretend when we're straining to be the most honest, mm. you know, and, and evil does its worst when it looks its best. And so what we do is we get embarrassed by the sin in our lives, the struggles that we're having, and we hide it. And when we hide it, we don't bring it out into the light and we, we don't bring it out in light. We can't really talk about it, work on it, um, get help from it and kind of admit what's really happening. And so we're trying to set an environment in both re-engage and regeneration where people are walking in the light and they're sharing and they're coming out of their isolation. And what they're finding when they do that, if that comes with acceptance and grace, which in re-engage it does because everybody's doing that same thing, mm-hmm. you know, and we're all looking at how the Lord treats us when we kind of admit our faults to him and his great forgiveness, when that permeates the whole program, you get this place in church where not only do we not pretend, but it is the most real and raw relationships we've ever had. And no friendship outside the church gets this deep, this real, this authentic. And mm. then the church really becomes an important place to be yeah. to receive the type of help and life change and transformation and depth of relationship that we've all been looking for. Mm. You mentioned uh, regeneration and what exactly is that? That's that's a little different than reengage. It's more individualized. Um, what, what, how would you describe that? I know it's coming uh, to Faith Bible Church in the Woodlands soon, and but it's a program that that any church can bring to their church anywhere coming out of Watermark. Tell us more about that. Yeah, regeneration is a little bit of a different animal. So reengage focuses on marriage, and and just to clarify, that's for marriages that just need enrichment, but also marriages that are struggling. So it's not, you just, you don't have to have the worst problem in the world to go to re-engage. It's it's for the spectrum. Regeneration is much more individualistic. So regeneration is a 12-step discipleship process. Hmm. Uh, You know, some people say, well, this is, uh, you know, an addiction ministry. Uh, It actually is an outgrowth of what some churches have to celebrate recovery. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of a much more biblical and scripture infused model than that, and has a little mm-hmm. bit of different aspects to it. But regeneration is if you are in a place where you are struggling, there's something hard in your life that seems to be holding you back. That may be an addiction, but it may be some just sin struggles. It may be something heavy upon you, and you're just trying to 
break free of that, you're trying to have a transformation in your life, then regeneration is the place you want to go. Mm-hmm. And the 12 steps are really the same 12 steps you might see in like a Alcoholics Anonymous or other addiction ministry, but it, they've been transformed to be very biblical categories of how we grow in our life with Christ. Mm-hmm. And they have a resemblance to Alcoholics Anonymous, but they're different. Mm-hmm. And um, it really is the transformation that happens when we're fully devoted to Christ. And the curriculum helps you walk that. It's literally a daily curriculum. And then you do that again in community mm-hmm. where you're talking about your struggles and you're thinking through categories like, um, what are my resentments? What are the harms that have been done to me? What are the harms that have been done by me? What are my fears? What's my sexual inventory? And then what are the issues that brought me to regeneration in the first place? And how can I get free mm-hmm. from all of that? And you're sharing all of those things with a close group of people and building that trust and being authentic and real and raw. Mm. Mm. I love that it's uh, that it's based on that because, uh, you know, AA is a proven great program that has helped thousands and millions of people, you know, throughout the years. So why reinvent the wheel, you know? So I think that's, that's a good thing. But I love that it's bringing it back to uh, just a very clearly biblical basis. Yeah, and some great. of the story of the generation of where how reengage or regeneration came to be. So there was Alcoholics Anonymous and AA, which just started in a Christian mindset, but has strayed from that. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Saddleback Church, uh, Rick Warren's church, created Celebrate Recovery, which mm-hmm. was trying to kind of bring back the Christian into AA. Okay. Hmm. And Regeneration, uh, they were actually running Celebrate Recovery at Watermark in Dallas. They had the largest Celebrate Recovery in the nation. Mm. And then they went, as I understand it, to Saddleback and asked if they could tweak a few things and, you know, rights and copyright and all that. They said, well, could you not? And and then Watermark decided, hey, we want to add some more of this. And as they stated, and I like this statement, they say, we're trying to put more discipleship into recovery. And then we're trying to incorporate recovery back into the church. Mm. Uh. Because a lot of people will leave church to go to recovery ministries because there they can find honesty. Mm -hmm. There they can find authenticity. And so what we're trying to do is get that authenticity and honesty that happens in recovery groups back into the church because that's where it should be. Mm. That's the type of one another relationships we should have. Mm. And then instead of being a sort of more secular version of recovery, we're going to infuse this thing completely with all the truth that Scripture brings about how we grow and change as people. Mm. That's really encouraging to hear. One, it's interesting just to hear kind of the evolution of how it, it grew and changed. But I think one of the most unique things, or really the unique thing that we have, is the body of Christ. There, there's no other organization or you know collection of people like the body of Christ. There's unity of thought and there's unity of purpose and in that there's there should be safety and so i love that they're bringing that back home with right. where this should be happening i love that mm-hmm. yeah. yeah that's the idea what are some of you know everything is kept very confidential in the groups what's said in the group stays in the groups um but can you generally tell us any of the you know best stories that have come out of bringing re-engaged to your church so far yeah, absolutely. I mean, part of that is we're starting to tell the story. So you can always come on a Wednesday or Thursday and you'll hear a story. So it's interesting. That's that's a little bit of a move from we do have confidentiality within the groups, but we kind of feel like confidentiality, if, it, if confidentiality means secrecy, we're not for that. 
mm-hmm. right? So we encourage people to to share their stories, but we don't advertise those stories out loud. <laughs> you know, we guard against gossip. It's their job. If they want to tell their story, they get to tell their story. But, you know, what we've seen going through these ministries is pretty awesome. You know, and here's just a, a simple story. Um, and, and this is more of the authenticity that happens in these ministries. So I, I heard of a group the other night and uh, one of the husbands was was talking and he um, said they were talking about grace and forgiveness. And he just said to the group, and this is after being with them several weeks, he said, well, I, I think I'm going to need some grace tonight. Mm-hmm. And they said, well, why? He said, well, you know, quite honestly, I didn't do my homework uh, from this week. Well, why didn't you do your homework? They asked. He said, well, I didn't do my homework because I was drunk last night. And in fact, I, I, I don't think there's been a night I haven't been drunk the last 10 years. Mm. Oh, wow. And then his wife breaks down just crying because he's never said that before oh. out loud. Um, why now? Why in this group? You know, there's mm. something happening here with the spirit. To, he's looking for forgiveness. He's looking for that transformation and change. But the fact that he could be that honest in church mm-hmm. and, and he wasn't, there weren't, they didn't, the group didn't pick up stones <laughs> to, right. to get him right now. They didn't condemn him. Um, he came forward and he was looking for help and the group was going to help him. Mm-hmm. And he shared that. Uh, so that's the type of excitement we get for those type of authentic things. But in terms of change, you know, we had another couple, one of our leader couples, uh, awesome story that uh, they hadn't really been very close to church or anything else. And they heard about reengage. They were struggling in their marriage. So they came. And uh, through being in our church, through going to re-engage, they heard the gospel, uh, how much God loved them, how much forgiveness he had for them. And it wasn't what they did, but what God had done for them in Jesus. And that message through re-engage and through the sermons we were preaching at that time really struck them. And uh, they became believers in Christ for the first time. They Mm -hmm. became Christians and Mm -hmm. hadn't been prior to that. And then through the process of re-engage, we discovered that he had all sorts of things that he had been hiding from his wife that go all the way back to his time in military service of terrible things. And you guys mentioned PTSD. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's just discovered that in himself. Oh, wow. Some really dark things, some anger that was going on that turned, you know, all she could see was road rage on the highways. Yeah. Mm. You know, all she could see is a very agitated, irritable husband. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But what he knew was a much darker truth mm-hmm. and it went back much further. And all of that kind of came out. And so now this guy is getting healing for these things. He's reaching out for help. He's in reengage. He shares that in reengage. And now his wife sort of understands. And all those years in the military where he was leaving for long periods of time and she was at home and created so much distance, mm-hmm. we're seeing all of that healed. And now that couple went from not believing in Christ to believing in Christ to having a much healthier conversation in their marriage. And now over a year later, they're leading in our ministry. Mm-hmm. Love it. That's wow. awesome. <laughs> wow. And, and now is that what you see a lot is that many of the leaders are people who have gotten the most out of the program? Do you, how does that work? Who gets to be a leader? I guess I could say. Yeah. So in terms of leading in our program, what, what we would love for reengage and regeneration is we want to draw all the leaders from the people who've gone through the process. Mm-hmm. 
So just kind of like if you were doing like Alcoholics Anonymous, you don't want somebody who's never had a sip of alcohol to lead (laughs) your Alcoholics Anonymous group. Right. Because they just don't know. They don't get it. You know, but if they've walked the process. Mm -hmm. And so we draw leaders from folks who have gone through re-engage or regeneration. Those are our first people that we want to see. Or if they've had other recovery experiences in the past for regeneration, we'll take a look at them. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll have to show them how this is a bit different than maybe their previous experience. Um, or if they just have exceptionally you know, wise uh, way or, or been through it in their ma- marriage ministry or their marriage life, you know, yeah. we would want to um, take a look at them. And uh, But we're going to be very careful because it's the authenticity that we're looking for just doesn't typically come and we haven't seen it too often. And folks in other marriage ministries. So we prefer to kind of look through folks who had come through our program first. Yeah. yeah. So people who are hearing this, who want to get involved, to join, to, to show up, how do they do that? So what we've done uh, in the past, we kind of had it where, hey, okay, you got to sign up and then you got to get in at the front and then you have to be here all <laughs> 16, 18 weeks. And then, you know, yeah, and then somebody comes to us midweek through you know through the process, you know, maybe in October. Hey, uh, can I do reengage? No, you got to wait till January. Mm. Well, that's hard for us. We didn't like saying that. So reengage has become year round. Hmm. So in terms of our church, reengage is every Wednesday, uh, with some exceptions with holidays and everything. But we want to truly be a hospital for broken relationships. Well, last time I checked, hospitals don't close mm. hmm. because when you're sick, you're sick. When you need help, you need help. Yeah. And so we've worked it out to where re-engage is very simply every Wednesday. You want to come? Come on Wednesday, 630 to 8.30. And you're talking about this is Faith Bible Church here in the Woodlands. Yes. Mm-hmm. Is there uh, is this program larger than our local area and Watermark? Yeah. So Watermark has done a good job of getting this out. Re-engage the marriage ministry has really taken off. And so it's in a lot of churches all around the United States. You can actually search where it is on the Watermark website to find out. We'll Um, uh, we'll link to that uh, below. Yeah. I believe the website is marriagehelp.org. And you can literally search for a re-engage church or a church that has it. I know of at least one other church in the woodlands that's near us that has it as well, luckily on a different night. So now we're covering multiple nights and we're working with other churches essentially to partner to Mm. heal marriages and broken Mm. relationships. Uh, We're all on the same team with that one. That's great. Is it it pretty common that you'll have people from different churches coming to your church for re-engage? 100%. One of the hopes is that this is not a program for our church principally, Mm -hmm. although people with broken marriages within our church should come. Mm -hmm. But we want to be a hospital to the community. Um, We want to see counselors, instead of us referring to them, they're going to start referring to us. That's what we hope because it's effective, because it helps, because it makes a difference. And we're seeing that. Uh, We're seeing couples from many other different churches where they just don't either have the resources or they haven't discovered this kind of thing yet um, coming to us. And we would love to help them heal and send them back Mm. and then maybe have more couples or maybe they start their own re-engage at their church, uh, whatever it is that they want to do. But uh, regeneration is the same. We're going to have that to where that's every Thursday night because when does addiction stop? Mm-hmm. I mean, we can't schedule that and then sign up for that. Right. It's happening mm-hmm. right now and you need the help when you need the help. And mm-hmm. so we want to be that hospital that is open and available to people. Yeah. Well, uh, so if you're a, a person that's maybe a, a counseling pastor at a smaller church, uh, is this something that 
that people could bring on a smaller scale to their church? And, and how would they go about that? Yeah, they could. I mean, Watermark will do the training. And so you can send people to Watermark to hear about it. Uh, it may be difficult to do it on a smaller scale. Uh, it's possible. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that could happen if they're local to another group that has a re-engage, as long as they're not too threatened by this, uh, mm-hmm. they could begin to send a group of people to a re-engage at a larger church, have them go through it together to get that training, mm-hmm. and then they can create their own leadership culture at their church and then begin to bring couples to the large gr- group at the larger church, uh-huh. but then bring you know bring the leadership meetings, have those at your local church. And so yeah. you can kind of share resources with other churches to get it kind of mm-hmm. going. Yeah, yeah. And it, and it wouldn't be like a huge expense or training or anything like that. So it's it's really something that multiplies well from Watermark Church down to different churches, no matter what the size kind of. Absolutely. And we'll we'll tell the people that are coming that it's the point is that they are involved in church, that they have a relationship with the Lord. And we don't you know necessarily say it's got to be at our church. We mm-hmm. have couples from lots of different churches going right now, and I don't think they feel any pressure to attend our church to go to re-engage. Well, yeah, I love that. I mean, this is just syncs up so much with where we've been over the last few years, especially with Robin, with all her research and all this kind of stuff. It's just so funny to, like I said before, to hear this kind of mirrored uh, because this is stuff that we've discovered going through this specific avenue of PTSD Mm -hmm. and that hearing the organizations like Mighty Oaks and others that really realize the same model that it's got to be people who have struggled with the same thing. It's got to be peers. And so uh, that's just really neat to hear that that's getting multiplied out for the rest of us um, in a really cool way. And at the local body of Christ level, like that's, I love it. It's Mm -hmm. beautiful. Absolutely. Well, it's great having you, Gavin. Yeah. Thank you for uh, taking an afternoon to chat with us and yeah, we appreciate it. Thanks for having me. And, uh, I just appreciate the opportunity to talk about, you know, what God is doing. And um, just a little aside here at the end, just to say that, you know, a lot of people, well, is counseling taking over the church? (laughs) You know, is this, (laughs) what is this? You know, I went through a program uh, that I did for my own counseling. And honestly, counseling, discipleship, mentoring, these words are bleeding into each other for me. Uh, This is about helping people with scripture. Mm -hmm. Um, And so if counsel means that I use the words of scripture to help people find truth, Mm -hmm. then I guess that's a good church is a good place for that. You can call it what you want. That's what we're here for, right? But discipleship, counseling, mentoring, uh, this is about helping people with the truth of scripture and the grace that comes from God. Yeah. I I remember the, just that very basic statement that they were saying at, at Watermark at that conference that I went to, and I can't even remember the correct quote, but, you know, I guess it was the pastor, Todd, was saying, you know, it seems like if we have God's word, God's spirit, and God's people, uh, we ought to be able to help people, you know, Absolutely. with this. So so hmm. that's what we're, that's what it's all about. So. Absolutely. Very cool. All, all right. right. Well, thanks for listening today. Uh, we'll be back in two weeks with another episode of Between Soul and Spirit. Thanks for listening.